Yeah, kid! Welcome, welcome, everybody, back to another episode of The Real Estate Realness. I am the yeah, handsome... Good. I am the handsome home buyer, and that was Mike G in the distance. Uh, I actually got some sleep last night, so I'm full of energy. I'm going like a bat out of hell, like a freight train. I see the light at the end of the tunnel, and at the end of the tunnel is 50 houses for 2016. How are we going to get there? Two things. We need more deals. We need more money. How are we going to get the deals? Realtors! Call me, my phone number, 516-777-SOLD. If you have a house that smells like cat piss, is dated from the 1950s, if it makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up when you walk in the door and you think, who in their right mind is going to buy this thing, think of me. Call me. Look me up on social media, Instagram, handsome underscore homebuyer. On Facebook, handsomehomebuyer.com. Investors, people. Out there, you have money, you know you have to save for retirement, retirement's coming fast. I'm turning 37 at the end of this month, I feel like I graduated high school yesterday. It's going to be my 20 year anniversary soon, it's depressing. No hair, been gone for 10 years, some can relate, some can't. Regardless, we have to invest for retirement. I can provide you with a double digit return that only the security of real estate can provide. Get in touch with me, Charles at handsomehomebuyer.com. That's Charles at handsome, as in good looking, yes. Homebuyer, singular, no S's, dot com. So, we're back another episode of The Real Estate Realness with a fantastic guest and her lovely, I mean lovely, oh, thought she was gone, girlfriend. We just went through an hour of therapy, therapy for me. I felt like I've been laying on the couch. I wish you guys could have gotten some of that. But, regardless, this is going to be an entertaining half an hour to 45 minutes, I promise. First, I have to apologize to our guest and I think we could say... Uh, our nationwide, possibly worldwide audience. I had her on last week, and I was so excited that this was going to be the best podcast ever that I accidentally deleted it trying to upload it because Evan, the voice of reason, Sir Evan, the voice of reason, was away for three days at a wedding. So thank everyone for that. Uh, and regardless, I promise it's going to be worth the wait, and we are going to make lightning strike twice. So our guest... Let me give you a little bit of backstory on our guest. I met our guest, believe it or not, on Craigslist, not in a creepy way. And there are many amazing things about her. But the most amazing thing is she has basically done the impossible, which is to prove an opinionated Jewish man, and by that I mean myself, completely wrong. And I'll explain why. She is a wholesaler. Now, I didn't think it was possible for to be a real wholesaler. Let me explain why. Wholesaling is when you don't actually purchase property, but you go out there into the world and you find deals for other investors and you pass it off for a fee, whatever that fee is. You have relationships with them. You build relationships with investors. You build relationships with sellers. And you go out there and you facilitate deals, kind of like a broker. The reason why I personally felt until I met her that this was impossible is because in order to do that, you have to know everything an investor would know. You have to know about construction costs. You have to know about the market conditions. You have to know all these things. And then most of the time, in order to do that, you would have had to have been an investor yourself. So on top of her not having that formal education, she started doing this at the age of 14, which is bananas. On top of that, she currently does it, and from what I heard last time, did 38 of these deals last year, and she does it in the hardest place to do anything, Brooklyn, New York. They are literally certain groups of people, and we'll name, we'll, you know, names are already nameless, are basically slitting each other's throats and selling their children on the street in order to get a deal in Brooklyn. And she is out there grinding, 14 years old, not today, but when she started, and did 38 of these last year. So, without further ado, I want to introduce the fabulous 
Mary Haimovich. How you doing, everyone out there? How's everything? Yeah, I'm in the building. How you doing? For the second time. Yes, for the the second time. Second time's a charm. I'm really sorry about that. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm good. But I feel like between the last time and this time, like, our relationship has reached another level. Yeah, definitely. Like we're like we're tight now. We're cool. You you you've helped me work through some stuff in the last probably two hours. <laughs> while you waited me while for I, free <laughs> for free while I got three tickets from the Village of Limbrook for oh, operating man. without a permit. That sucks. Uh, I need Michael G on that one. Uh, big shout out to Michael G. By the way, he actually saved the day. I had a little problem. I made a phone call to Michael G. And that problem pretty much went away. So anybody need permits? Permits are us. Michael G. is your guy. So I want to first start off talking about your story because your story is awesome. Okay. Right? So A, like I said, you're doing something that I don't know anybody else that does. Right. Right? So you are a very successful wholesaler. Have been for the last 13 years? Uh, 12. 12 years. Yeah. Right? So how did you you get started? What was that moment? When did this first come about? The summer of 2005 in August, uh, I found a flyer. It said, if you know of any properties uh, for sale, you get paid a finder's fee. Um, So then I called the the investor on the flyer. His name was Ike. And I said, okay, what is this about? Um, At 14 years old, I needed a summer job. $5,000 was a lot of money. So I was definitely interested uh, in knowing, uh, you know, how do I make $5,000? So uh, long story short, you know, I asked a few questions. I used to look in the newspapers and I used to look in um, home catalogs where uh, agents used to list their properties. And I used to call and ask for ugly houses, you know, uh, check on listings that they had and uh, call, get the information on the properties. And I would uh, give them to Ike and he would tell me if it was good or bad uh, until I actually got one. My first deal, which I still remember, was a two family in East Flatbush. I got it under uh, $200,000. Bam! And how I got screwed house, on my commission. How much is the house in East Flatbush today? worth now? A two-family brick, uh, normal size. You can't get one. Uh, what retail are you talking about for investors? For investors. For investors, a good deal in East Flatbush for a two-family would be around four hundred. What four hundred thousand resale value will be in the sevens? Uh, low sevens to six hundreds. That's freaking crazy. Yeah. Low sevens to low sevens, high sixes is what it's selling yeah. today. Yeah, if, if you want to put it in, so, in that So, at 14 years old, you're out, you need a summer job, you're 14. Yeah, I mean, right. keep in mind, like, at 14, I was playing dodgeball in the street, and I probably didn't even have hair in my nuts at that point. And, <laughs> and, and Mary finds a flyer in the street. Right, right. Calls it, and then, so, so the process was, I remember we went over it. But you were you were going so how how did you go and you you find that specific? I used deal? to find deals through the newspaper, the daily newspaper. Um, back then, a lot of people, a lot of homeowners used to list their their houses in the newspaper. So I used to go uh, every Sunday and pay a dollar for the newspaper. I used to look in the back, which was the real estate section. Okay, it used to be a big package, and I used to call you know properties that were listed low. That I used to look for keywords like TLC needs work, okay, vacant stuff like that. Keywords and the owners. So I would call the owner and then I would say, "Oh, I'm calling about your property. Uh, you said it needs work." I used to be you know act like the cash investor. I used to say, "Okay, I'm right. the buyer." Uh, we buy properties in the neighborhood. Keep in mind, and, she's fourteen. Uh, so you're yeah. on the phone, fourteen years old, talking to these people. Yeah, I used to mirror uh, Ike. You know, he okay. was. You know, did he mentor you in a certain way? Did I you- mean, he, he was sort of like a mentor without even knowing it, because every question that I didn't, everything that I didn't understand, I used to go back and ask him. Okay. And then learn from there. You know, learn as I go on, basically. Okay. Um. So yeah, I used to call, and then I used to get the address of the property, get the information that Ike told me to get. 
And I would call Ike and tell him or whatever. And then I will tackle my feet. He will go to the appointments because I never used to go to appointments at that time. Okay. You know, a 14-year-old showing up at an appointment. Who's going to take me seriously? But then? Ike at that point you know? didn't know you were 14, right? He no, he did not. He met me. The, 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 the only time that he met me was when he, he came to my house to give me the 500 bucks. Okay. You and it took to me three months uh, to make my first deal, by the way. Three months to your first deal. Three months. Yeah. How did it about feel? three months? How did it feel when you made your first deal? I felt it was accomplished, like because my mom and my brother used to say, "You're stupid. This is a scam. People don't pay people to find them houses." You know, so it was. See, I want to stop there for a second, just to kind of like veer off for a minute. So, like my my story is kind of similar to her in the sense that, you know, four years ago this year, I'm going to do 50 deals. Right? Failure is not an option. It's going to happen. But when I first started doing this, let's say four years ago, I had this idea. I came to people and I was like, "Listen." I'm going to flip houses. And they said to me, kid, there's no way you can do it. Kid, there's no way that you can buy a house in this market. And then I found the house and I was like, all right, cool. Listen, I'm going to buy it for this. I'm going to put this into it. And I'm going to sell for that. And they're like, kid, it's not going to happen. You know, you can't put that amount of money into it. You can't sell it for that. You can't sell it that fast. It's not going to happen. And then when I did it, they were like, well, you got lucky. And then I did it again. And then ironically, some of those people are actually my biggest investor today. So like, I feel kind of like just to be successful in general, you kind of need this kind of delusional vision that you have to be able to go into the future and kind of see what you want and what it's going to be and what you're going to do and not give a shit about what anybody else thinks. Right. right? Which is basically what you did. Yeah. I mean, you had family, you had friends, you had people being like, and you were 14. Like, yeah. You know, this, this, I just became this person, let's say at 30. You were doing this at 14. Yeah. Once I did it once, I knew that I could do it again. You know? What did your mom say... I had to pay my. I had to pay the phone bill because this is awesome. At that time, back in 2005, there is never like unlimited calling on on a landline, a a house phone. Um, So basically, um, what I did with my check was I had to give a little bit more than half of it uh, to my mom to pay the phone bill because I ran up the phone bill, and uh, with the rest of the money, I actually went went shopping. It, it, for me, being a 14-year-old kid, it was a lot of money for me at that time. It's a lot of money but, uh, now. Yeah. So I had to pay the phone bill with, with more than half of my first check. But, but you, that was fine because I made, um, what they told me that I couldn't do, I did. So I, I made an accomplishment. I proved everyone wrong that was older than me. And, and I gained respect within my family because of that. Boom. So I'm happy about that. And that's what happened. And then the floodgates happened. So at that point, you say to yourself, all right, awesome. I did this. You know, I did the impossible. I proved everybody wrong. You know, what's the next step? How do you scale that? How does like how does the next ten to twelve years look kind of breaking down? You know, have things changed the way that you used to get deals versus the way you get deals now? Is I it mean, harder? I'm no longer getting deals from the daily newspaper anymore. Um, you know, uh, my strategies changed a lot. Um I used to get deals off of Craigslist is a new way that I get deals. I get deals doing mailers, uh, mailing people that haven't sold their property within the last uh ten years. Um, cold calling was always something that I used to do with agents, uh, building relationships with uh, agents and uh, also homeowners, um, and just following up. You know, do you do you work a specific area? Do you? Well, let me ask you guys. So when you build, I'm going to talk about how you build relationships with investors and how you build relationships with people that are looking to sell their okay. properties. But do you find that do you work a specific area? Do investors come to you and give them criteria, give you criteria, and then you go hunt <clears> for that? How do, how do you go about? hunting for the properties that you get how do i go about like where meaning like how do you decide like all right i'm gonna go to brooklyn i'm gonna look for a three family i'm gonna look for commercial. i mean i basically look for deals based of, of the investors that i got now i okay. mean i have my investors that i have uh, my top investor elite properties 
Uh, they buy in Brooklyn and Queens. Um, and basically, you know, their criteria is one to one to four uh, family properties, residential. Okay. Uh, so I look for one to four uh, residential properties, stuff that needs work, you know, the regular stuff that investors need, stuff that needs work that's uh, priced below market. Okay. Uh, and, and that's what I go for. So I pretty much say, okay, if the person owned the property for 30 years, most likely um, it needs a lot of work. Most likely they're probably tired of living in it after 30 years. So I go after that. I get that from the from Property Shark. Uh, Property Shark is a program that a lot of investors use, uh, and it basically when I type in an address, it could tell me when they bought the property, and it tells me the market value, and I could check the comps also. So, have you you've ever had any formal real estate training, or just basically like you no. just went out there and you just did went it? as I go? Yeah, I learn as I go, basically. See, and this is like, I mean, I always this- hated school. This is the thing that is like super impressive about Mary and what makes her brilliant. I mean, I've told her she's brilliant, but I'm going to say it again live on the air in front of the world. Um, is that I, I've had a, a decent amount of formal real estate training. But Mary does basically a lot of the things, if not all the things that I was taught, just inherently. She just knows it for some reason. It's just kind of like God given. Like she will go and she will saturate a market. Like she's like, okay, I want to work Brooklyn. And she will become like the mayoress of Brooklyn. She's the mayor of Brooklyn. So she's everywhere. And because of that, she's able, everybody knows her. Anybody that has a situation where they're looking to sell their house and they want to get out fast and the house needs work, you know, they know her. She's there. She also understands every aspect of the market. She knows what's hot, what's not, what investors are like, what things are worth, what they're going to ultimately sell for, what they need to get bought at, how much construction needs to get done. She just knows this by just going out and doing it. So you get a lot of people who I speak to, like I'll, con- I'll just, by working, let's say working out. My buddy will say to me, I'm like, listen, you should come to CrossFit. It kicks ass, right? I go to CrossFit Island Park. Shout out to CrossFit Island Park. And they're like, yo, I can't just go to CrossFit. I got to get in shape in order to do that. Like, I feel like people are like, yo, I got to read a ton of real estate books. I have to, you know, people always come to me like, how do you do what you do? I'm like, you just go and do it, right? right? Mary is like proof of that. Mary at 14 years old goes out and just grinds and gets it done. So you fucking rock. Thanks, man. <laughs> you make me feel good. <laughs> it's all true, though. I wouldn't bullshit you. We only have fantastic people on the Handsome Home Buyer Show. That's it. We only surround ourselves with cool, positive people. Again, I wish you guys could have been here for the last hour. It was heavy. It was heavy. Yeah, we um, was having a mini party here. So explain to me again how – so you're in the paper. Boom. Now you're, you're changing it up. You're doing mailers. You're, you're cold calling. But you're, you're constantly doing consistent – you're constantly doing consistent things, 30, 40, 20 different things consistently – and that's and, and that's how you get traction. You have to, yeah. You have to be repetitive. You have to be consistent. You have to just keep doing it, putting the energy out there, you know, in order to get a result at the end. You have to be patient, you know. You have to put the energy out there and know that maybe it might not come um, the next day, but it will come eventually because you're putting so much energy towards something. Nice. No, you that know? makes sense. And I feel the so, same way. So we start. another thing is there's a ton of people that want to do what you do. They want to be you. Right. They do. Right. So every time I like I'll go to real estate investor group meetings and things and there's probably 150 people there. Right. And 120. And this was for years. 125 people are like, I want to be a wholesaler. Right. They're just like, you know, I want to be a wholesaler because they feel that it's a low risk way of kind of, you know, kind of dipping your toe in the pool to see, like, is this something I like? Is this something I can do? Mm -hmm. Right. So if you have people anywhere, it could be Florida, it could be New York, it could be California. Mm-hmm. what would be your advice to them on how to get into the business? The mentality, the first step. Because you know how people are like, 
I want to do it, but like, what's the first step? Like, I want to flip a house, Charles. What's the first thing I do? Oh, uh, you could tackle it either way. You could either, um, I would say if you were a starter, I would say build a buyer's list. Get two or three buyers, build a relationship with them, understand what they're looking for, understand where they're looking for it, and then focus in the areas that your buyers are looking for. Focus on, you know, getting a deal. Uh, then you go in, in, in the area and you market yourself, become known in the community that you, you know, you're a wholesaler or you're an investor and you're looking to purchase properties that need work. And once you find the, the property that, you know, you, you have the buyers for, then you connect the two, you know? That's what I, that's my advice. And you just keep, you know, putting the energy towards it, basically. What did it, like, how did you personally, how did you start to figure out, you know, what stuff was worth? How did you figure out, like, kind of like how much money needs to go into these places? Or did you, or did you just, was your thing like, I just want to find a hot buyer and then I want to link them with the investor and then let them do it? Like, I mean, as I got older, I started going on uh, more appointments. Um, so I would, you know, my investors will basically teach me like, okay, Mary, this one family uh, based on the building size, 16 by 36, what it needs. Certain, okay, I'm sorry. Let me let me slow down a bit and, and, and go back. Certain investors, you know, they, they, they buy properties for certain reasons. Some buy properties to hold and some buy properties to renovate and then resell. Uh, the people that buy property, the investors that buy properties to hold, they, 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 they spend less money on, on renovations because they're, they're buying it for rental reasons. Okay. People that are buying, investors that are buying properties to actually, uh, fully renovate, they put the new floors and new bathrooms like Charles does. You know, brand new floors, brand new bathrooms, uh, granite countertops because they want to sell it, turn it over, get a higher value, turn it over for an end user, for a family that actually wants to go and live in it. So, um, some of my investors, how I figure out the, you know, what, the property's worth is the renovations. I'm sorry. Uh, they they either they bring their contractor there and then they do a walkthrough with their contractor and then they give them a quote. So that's basically how they know how much so, how much work it needs. And is that and I'm there. So okay. So basically, yeah. You just basically by you going through the process of going through year right. after year and just being around it, you kind of just started to pick it up. Yeah. Now don't look at me. It's year after You're still young as shit. You're 27 years old. You're looking at me like year after year like I'm an old lady. I'm the old man. Oh, no. I'm looking at it like, oh, my God. I, I kind of stumbled a little bit too much. I'm so sorry. I know the information, but it's, that question got caught me off guard. Oh, you're good, man. You're smooth. <laughs> you're smooth. Yeah. Um, so that kind of brings me to let's on the investor front, right? So think about this, investors. This is, this is stuff that I tell you all the time. We're going to get Mary's kind of like top reasons and things to do to try and, and and get somebody to work with that's on her level, right? But I met, I'm very nice to everybody. I talk to everybody and you never know why. Like Mary and I met on Craigslist. Just think about that for a second. For all intents and purposes, like I feel investors get calls all the time from people and they're just like, ah, whatever. Like, you know, they don't have time to speak to the realtor. They don't have time to speak to the wholesaler. I'm very nice to everybody and I talk to everybody. And you know what? Because once upon a time, I didn't know shit. I mean, hell, for all I think I know, I don't know shit. I still don't know shit, right? About relationships, about life, about everything. <laughs> High five. Coming across. So, as I just learned over the last hour. Um, so, the point is, be nice to everybody. Listen to everybody. Because the next time you get a call from a 14-year-old who found an ad that you put up on Craigslist, that girl could end up being Mary and doing 38 deals in a year. And if you want to have the opportunity to possibly purchase one, if not many, of those 38 deals, then do the right thing. Be a person. Be a human being. And 
Talk to them, help them, explain to them, you know, help educate them. They're not going to be your competition. There's so many houses out in the world. This is the thing people don't realize. There's so many houses that can be bought, but people are like, oh, I want to protect my secrets. If you share and give value and give information, those people are going to come to you because they're going to appreciate that. So help educate these people that are going to come and bring you deals. It's just the right thing to do. It's what makes sense. It's a smart business move. So... Mary, when when you're when an investor's out there and he's trying to build a list of people that a network, if you will, of people that could bring him properties, what do you suggest they do, say, the way they act? Definitely don't act like an asshole. Uh, definitely don't act cocky like you're bigger than the world because you need something from from those people. Yeah. Um, definitely, you have to let them know, you know, that you're prove to them that you're actually an active investor, that you're not BS. Uh, you need to be able to provide proof of funds. You need to be able to provide at least two or three addresses of uh, properties you have bought before. And you need to have a track record. You need to be honest. You need to be easy to get in contact with uh, so they know that you're easy to you know communicate uh, with information and you work fast. Like if they give you a property, they want to know that you know, you're checking it out within 24 hours and, and you're either interested in viewing it or not. And that's it. You know, that's how you know if a buyer's bullshit or if a buyer's about it. Like Charles, you know, when I when I called him. me up over here. No, I'm serious. When I called Charles. You don't have to bullshit me because we're on the podcast. I'm not <laughs> bullshitting you. This is what really happened. Give it I, to me. I, if Guess I give you a up. property, you go on the computer right away and Bam. you tell me, this is a shitty area, not interested, or you tell me, get me in tomorrow, you yes. know? So My ass bruises easily. I could get I shot. I like messing with Charles because he actually responds right away and he picks up his phone. He's a very busy guy and he has a lot of stuff, but he still picks up the phone and he gives you the time. And he checks out the property. So that's, yeah. yeah you have to, that's and, why I, I really want to get him a deal. Inve- we, haven't, yes, we haven't done a deal yet, but I feel like we're there. I feel like we're knocking on the door. And I feel like once that door opens, it's going to be like floodgate time. Yeah, right? he's we gotta gonna write break, me check after check after. We check. gotta break the seal. I want to <laughs> write you. I want to get you disrespectfully wealthy. I want to write you disrespectfully big and many many checks. And you will. It will come. Because the Don't more checks I'm it. writing for you, it means the more money I'm making for right. myself. Right. So investors, investment criteria. Everybody like when I tell people this, they look at me like I'm out of my mind, and I can't take credit for this because this was taught to me by the uh, the great Carl Chavon, which is. Have an investment criteria. Take your lazy ass onto the computer, go into Excel, and write out, I'm buying single-family homes in Brooklyn, three-family homes in Brooklyn, right? I'm looking to spend between X and Y. Mary's not going to try to pump it up to get more money. She gets the same amount of money out of the deal, regardless if you pay 5 bucks or $500,000. She does not care. Okay, maybe that's a lie. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass. It happens from time to time. Take that back. Regardless, the point is... It doesn't matter. Have a criteria, right? Show Mary, hey, listen, here's a bunch of deals that I've recently done. This is my end game. I'm looking to do this. I want to hold the property. I want to flip the property. I'm looking to develop property, right? Write it out. Put it in a PDF file and send it to her. Listen, when you get something like that from an investor, how do you feel? Are you impressed? Do you feel like maybe this guy knows what he's talking about? Yeah. I know how to call bullshit from not by now. Trust me. Yeah, I mean, just like you, you when I give you a property and I, you, I get it from a um a realtor and I can't and I can't get Charles in within twenty four hours, he says, "Mary, don't don't even waste your time. It's bullshit." Yeah, I'm I, like, okay, yeah, I know. Are we getting into Westbury, by the way? <laughs> huh, Westbury? Yeah, we are. Hopefully are we? soon. That's yeah, right. the owner lives out no of state. No names. We're gonna keep this secret. Yeah. I share a lot, but we're gonna keep this a secret. We'll talk about it after I buy it. Yeah. 
uh, working on getting him into something in Westbury, a rental property that he wants to buy. Um, but the owner lives out of, out of state. So the owner is supposed to be coming into town at the end of the month. So hopefully I get him in and I can make a, a deal. We it's, can make a deal. It's not, it's not always easy. It's not. So where do you, so primarily at this point, you're, so this year, obviously it's not over, but you, we talked numbers before and you're having an unbelievable year as well. I'm at 27 deals so far this year. Um, and definitely going to do more. Which is amazing. Like. And here's the thing I want people to understand. I mean, she did 36 last year. She's doing 27. She's definitely going to break 30 and, and be around the number she was last year. But you have to understand, too, like, she's in the hardest market, in my opinion, in the free, in the country, possibly the world. I mean, Brooklyn is... It's so much investors out here. Animal house. And every year it gets harder and harder. So, like, somebody like yourself who's been doing this for 13 years, who's constantly, like, reinvented yourself, how do you... I feel like you're Madonna, like you're an artist who's been freaking. Right? <laughs> I mean, how do you build a better mousetrap? How do you how do you evolve? Get the sellers. Yeah, I mean, how do you how you how do you evolve? Like, how do you stay competitive in the toughest place it is to do something? I just keep grinding it out. Just keep writing those letters. Keep doing those cold calls. How keep you, following up with those agents. How do you feel about social media? Social media. I haven't really tried that. Social media is gangster. Only because my, I don't know, my Facebook and my Instagram, I'm like crazy, a crazy person. But that's okay. Listen, crazy sells. No like... publicity is bad publicity. I locked myself in my office like three weeks ago and worked all weekend. And I was listening to Gary Vee, right? Gary Vee changed my life. He doesn't even know it. I don't even know him. But he changed my life in, in two days. So Gary Vee goes out there and puts a ton of just relevant content out there. And I've been doing a lot of things he said just without realizing, and all of a sudden it, it, it comes back to you. Hmm. So I'm so that's why I was curious to know if you were using social media for this kind of thing. I mean, I see you on the Instagram. I just kind of want to know how I you felt Snapchat, about that. I have Snapchat, Instagram. I can't figure out. But Snapchat. it's just yeah, it's just videos. Just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm 36. I miss that generation. Like I'm kind of on the cusp of people who like understand right. technology and don't. Either you're me and you know, or you're me my age and you're. My ex-girlfriend actually taught me a little bit of how to use Snapchat. Yeah? Yeah. Recently? Recently, yeah. I didn't really know how to use it like that. We'll diverge for a second. People, I personally don't believe that guys and girls can be friends. That doesn't relate to real estate. That relates to our previous conversation. But I don't believe that guys and girls can be friends. Everybody else can have their own. If you're a girl (laughs) and you have guy friends, I want you to know that they're just hanging out because they want to have sex with you. I'm not hanging out with her because I want to have sex. I wasn't talking about you. This wasn't a personal <laughs> thing. I was just saying okay. this this applies to the world. Right? That's just that right. that's that's a bit of information for me to you and it's worth pretty much what you paid for it, which is nothing and remember I know nothing. Right. So how do you I'm curious to know since you're, you know, your boots on the ground, you're watching the deals happen, you're making the deals happen. How do you see the Brooklyn market evolving? How have you seen it evolve over the last 3 years with the prices? How do you see it going in the next Two to three years, because I think people. Are I don't know. To it's just out. crazy that um, I'll, Bushwick and Bed Stuy is actually a prime example. I mean, prices is like skyrocketing. Like you can't get a fully renovated house in Brooklyn or Bed Stuy uh, for under a million dollars these days. East New York, forget about it. You're up to uh, um, over seven hundred thousand at this point, which is crazy because it's like. How much people are out there that can actually afford these types of mortgages? But they keep buying them. People are moving more out of state. People are moving into Long Island. But, but yeah, they, they are really? buying. Yeah, yeah, of course. A lot I mean, of people are moving out of state. A lot of people are moving into the island. I hear that. Cheaper. But, but then again, then you see people buying houses in Brooklyn, two-family houses in Brooklyn for a million dollars. Yeah, people are buying style. them. They are buying them, but it's like there's a lot of, there's more poor people than there are rich people. 
Hmm. You know? How do you see... Because here's the thing. I feel like New York's a totally different animal in the sense that there's... You know, and the most of the country, I feel like, has recovered differently as far as the housing market. I think the market is going to crash in, for newer construction. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, what do you think? I mean, you have guys in Brooklyn that are paying huge, huge money. They're building crazy, you know, these giant condo, condo buildings. condominiums. What do you think going is going to happen in the boroughs price-wise over the next two to three years? I mean, none of us have a crazy I think wall. if the market does not crash, it's, it's definitely going to be crazy. Right now, it is a seller's market. A hundred percent right now, everywhere, it's a seller's market. Yeah, I get Because there's that. so much buyers, so much investors, so much end users, which I said before, end user is uh, a family who's going to live in the property after the investor, yeah, like, Charles buys inventory. it and renovates there's, there's not a lot of stuff to sell these people. Yeah. It's just so, crazy. It's, you know, so much, uh, pro- properties are in demand, so that's why it's a seller's market. So in your opinion, from now and the next three years, do you think the market's going to crash in Brooklyn? Do you think... I mean, what, what for, do you, what's your what's your guess for newer construction? Yeah, I think I think so. Okay, people are building a lot everywhere you turn in Brooklyn. People are building. It's it's crazy. I, I was driving down Myrtle Avenue the other day, and they were just building the whole strip. Just changed. Like there's so much people building. It's it's crazy. It's, I think there's just a lot of there's a lot of newer construction inventory. Okay. Um, what about the rehab stuff? Like the old. You know, two a lot of people are rehabbing also. It's just crazy. Yeah. You know? People are definitely buying, you know? It's just tooth and nail in, in Brooklyn, in the boroughs right now. It's hard. It's really hard. So, I mean, you've been you've been doing this since you're 14. So you've been through... I didn't think of this last time. I've you've, been through the crash. You've been through the crash. Yeah, I've been through the crash. What is that like from a perspective of, you know, the buyers, the sellers, you as a wholesaler? It was make- definitely a buyer's market when I first started. But meaning, like... Let's say, so you're doing deals, you're doing deals, the market's going crazy, you're doing deals, and then all of a sudden the market takes a shit, right? And I'm still doing deals. Investors win are you more. St- are you still doing the deals when the market's crashing? Or is there a period of time where you just like, of course. shit, like six months or a year, nothing happens? Every, when the market crashes, it's more opportunity. Just like when it's the Great Depression, there's a lot of millionaires uh, came out from, the, you know, They say out more of the millionaires have been made in the last, I guess, whatever, 10 years since you know? 08. Than I whatever. mean, well, the internet phase. Yeah, the internet phase, you know, a, a few billionaires were even made in the internet. The internet is, is, is fairly still young, you know. It's more like, like 20 years old or something like that. But anyway, but, you know, when the market crashes, it's more opportunity also. for, for It becomes a buyer's market because everyone wants to sell, sell, sell. So people are going to buy and get the good deals. Cheap. And, and the investors. Like, so, short sales. A lot of short sales. I remember it. Um, if you remember. It's just... I remember, I think, I guess it was 08. It was either 07 or 08. It was September. I was in a different business. I owned a body shop at the time. And I remember the world like stopped. So the world stopped and things just started tanking. But through that entire, you were still doing deals aggressively yeah. the entire time. Like, have you, is there a period of time where you've slowed down over the last 12, 13 years? Because of a market condition, or you're no, just there's always opportunity. I slowed down for eighteen months uh, when I went away to uh, school. Okay, but not because uh, not a result of the market or anything that was going. No, on. No, the same investors I started with, like twelve years later, is the same investors that are either doing better, or uh, some of the other investors are in jail. But the ones that actually <laughs> okay. were doing, were, yeah, because there was a lot of illegal mortgage scams and shit like that that was yeah. going on back in two thousand five, two thousand six. You know, that's the reason why Not I this crash. Guy. My ass is yeah. tight and I plan on <laughs> keeping it that way. 
that. I can say it's a podcast. We can say anything we want. You know, um, the investors that I messed with that that actually, you know, um, they're actually still surviving and they're in a better position. Uh, so after the market crashed. So they're they're looking. That that's interesting enough. So basically, there's you know, yeah, there's this thing where people are like, oh, it's gonna crash or whatever, like. What I always tell me is, listen, it doesn't matter where the market is. There's always opportunity if you have the right connections, if you're dealing with people like Mary, if you've consistently done the right thing, you'll always have opportunity. Every time there's a buyer's market is is the best for investors. Definitely. Because there's a lot of inventory and for cheap. And that's when you really buy and hold at at that point in time. So within Brooklyn, there's kind of been like, I call it the path of progress, meaning like, you know... People started buying in, what's that hoity-toity year with all the hipsters, with the people with the really tight jeans? Williamsburg? Yeah, there we go. Sorry. Thanks. Uh, on Senior the north side? 37. So it started there. Now Williamsburg is basically more expensive than Manhattan crazy. in certain cases. And then you saw it kind of move. Now it you're moved in to Clinton Hills, um, Fort Greene. I remember, in, in, and then Bushwick, uh, Bushwick, and then it's going all the way down from Bushwick to Ocean Hills, then from Ocean Hills to uh, East New York. Brownsville is kind of like uh, here and here, but prices are still rising. But East New York is crazy, which I never expected. When, when I first started, two families used to go in the hundreds in East New York, and investors used to hesitate to touch it. You know, now they get something for three fifty. They're they're crazy over it. Where so if you had a pick, if you had a suggest, if you a hot market, like a market that's like sort of getting hot, or a market that's not hot yet, where you kind of felt like yo. Like, don't sleep on this place. This is where the next hot market is going to be within the boroughs. Where would that be for you? It's kind of getting hot everywhere. And yeah. it's kind of staying hot. It's just hard to say, like, pinpoint. I would say at this point, that's why I expanded to get more buyers in different areas. Uh, that's why I'm I'm kind of getting into the Nassau County. And I'm I'm grateful to find Charles. Yeah. Um, someone to dish. Hands off, everybody. <laughs> someone to dish my good deals out to on the island. I'm um, planting a flag. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of expanding to Staten Island, you know. To, oh, really? Yeah, Queens, Brooklyn. I did, I did a few deals in Staten Island already, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I'm expanding my roots, you know, because it's just so much competition everywhere, and it's just hard to to get deals now. So I expanded, you know. Well, that's kind and of. I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm holding on, so I'm still getting deals done. So that, in a way, is kind of like what I was saying before. I was like, how are you reinventing yourself? Like that's how you are. Instead of like concentrating only Brooklyn, one area, like, yeah, yeah. You know, Brooklyn like the back of your hand, but you're not afraid to say. Fuck it, I'm going to go into an area that I'm not Queens, comfortable with. Queens, Bronx. You know, you'll go outside your comfort zone, and you'll just do it. Yeah. Thanks. Really? I mean that. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, so I think... Uh, is there I get a lot of support, um, you know, at home also. Yeah? My beautiful girlfriend, uh, Jacqueline. We got a picture her up. <laughs> this is definitely something worth seeing. Go to the Instagram, Charles underscore. Wait, no, that's fucking. Wrong. Go to the Instagram, <laughs> handsome underscore homebuyer. Are we Instagram friends? No, you don't like Instagram. You don't like no, Facebook. you, you and I are Instagram friends. Yeah, you guys are Facebook friends. We are Facebook friends. Yeah, I kind of, I, I, I sucked you down a little bit. I, yeah, exactly. I, I creeped your, uh, your profile a little bit. <laughs> I shared the. Um, You're like, who is this guy? Did you see that we were that Mary and I? Did you get Mary to sign off before you said okay on that? No, she showed me. She's like, oh my god! She had to share her podcast, and I was excited me. for her because you know her success. No, I shared. And then I, I went and dropped the ball and fucking deleted it. And then I, as soon as I shared it, you had to request me, and I said, you know, he friend requested me. I feel great, and I'm like, nice. Yeah. I, I, it's exciting. I, it's good that it's good like, to feel loved. Filter my Facebook, or you know, no. Are you saying, do I need to filter the pictures of what he can say? 
No, I just feel like oh, okay. I'm very just outspoken overall. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I feel like social media is something, and Facebook, you can delete. You're, you're, like, it's not really, it's a fiction between reality and what's real. Okay. I can say I hate the world and I'm at home on a million dollar bed living it up. Like, you know, so I can always delete. It's what's on your mind. I fucking hate that shit. You get people that go to the bank, they get like freaking 10 grand and they spread it out all over their bed. <laughs> I'm sorry, I made a video. <laughs> <laughs> I made a video. Did on you Facebook. do that? Yeah. yeah. Look, I have a. <laughs> Right after I came from the bank. I have videos. Please don't show him on online while we're doing a podcast. <laughs> In any event, to back uh, talking real estate. To uh, to to wrap this up, what do you have any kind of you know last words for again people that are they're amped up, they're listening to podcasts, they're like you know what, Mary came from you know fourteen years old, she went out there, she did it, like you know I can do it. What what kind of last bit of advice do you have for those people? I would tell you to stay positive, stay open-minded. If you if you want to do something, go out there and try and put the energy to it, and it will happen. Be patient um, and just believe in yourself and don't listen to anyone else's opinion on something. You know, go find out for yourself, test it yourself, and, and if it works for you, just keep going with it, and that's it. Can I get a group well, amen on that? All three. Amen. 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 Bam. Amen. That's it. Another one of the books. Handsome home buyer again. Seven 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 sold. If you want to sell, if you want to buy, if you want to invest, if you're another investor, sometimes I pass deals off because I can't handle. I have too many. Sometimes I'd like to buy yours if you can't handle it. So reach out to me. Take care.